We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers get the win over the Spurs. They win by three, 122 to 119. Not the outcome we expected in this game, given how the Lakers were up most of the game. They had a commanding lead for most of the second half and then almost let it slip away against a Spurs team that had lost, now has lost 18 in a row, had lost 17 in a row going into this game. Everybody's saying, just don't be that team. Don't be the team that snaps the Spurs losing streak. And the Lakers almost made it them. In this game, no LeBron James sat out this one second night of a back-to-back Anthony Davis. Thank goodness for him. Played through injury dealing with the groin injury and turned his ankle early in the game, played through both those to drop 37, 37 points for AD, 10 boards, four steals, 13 of 23 shooting, even shot two of three from three, nine of 12 from the free throw line, including a couple free throws late to help seal this win. Anthony Davis, a monstrous performance. In fact, I know it's early, but why mess around here? Superstar of the night. No question. Superstar of the night. It's Anthony Davis. He catches a lot of flack for being weak. People call him names. They call him street clothes, all this sort of stuff. But he's got one injury he's dealing with, with the adductor thing, the groin issue. And now he turns his ankle. He's playing second night of a back-to-back. And he had a solid performance last night against the Mavs. Goes and drops 37 and 10 against the Spurs. Impressive stuff tonight. From Anthony Davis, Torian Prince, the three-point shot, it's back. And I mean back, back. Torian Prince suddenly, who couldn't hit a three in November for the first three weeks, now his three-point shot is back. Four for 10 from deep tonight. Five boards, five assists, two steals, 17 points for him. 15 for Austin Reeves off the bench with eight assists and four boards, three of six from deep. D'Angelo Russell, 12 points, 10, 10 assists. You'll take that. But some nervous moments late in this game, almost turning the ball over on the inbound pass that could have potentially allowed the Spurs to tie up the game. There were moments there where it looked like it may actually happen. The Lakers would unravel and potentially give the Spurs their streak-snapping win. Fortunately, fortunately, it didn't happen. But some nervous moments 
from D'Angelo Russell here in this one. Did have three steals, though. Cam Reddish, three steals of his own, played well defensively. Christian Wood got extended minutes after not playing the last few games. Four for seven from the field, six boards, nine points for Christian Wood. In this one, Rui Hachimura filling in for LeBron James, 13 and seven for him in 24 minutes. Would have liked to have seen a little bit more from him, but um, still, Rui in only 24 minutes, 13 points. That's not bad and shot well from the field, six of 10, one of two. But again, giving up 45 points to a Spurs team that is bad at basketball. 45 points in the fourth quarter to the Spurs. Lakers Nation, we've got a lot to talk about in this one what happened why did it happen and my goodness how do we make sure that never happens again i have a feeling the chat has a lot to say andrew starts us off with the super chat remember the way this works super chats i make sure i get to those questions i may not get to it this show if i can't get to it during this show i'll get to it on our next show which i'm going to record tomorrow so again if you give a super chat that is your way to make sure that you're getting your question your comment addressed unless it's just something ridiculous and goofy but andrew lee said heart stopped for a second when ad turned that foot well, wow ad hitting jumpers and being in attack mode is beautiful been in a good rhythm our offense has to be better period that fourth quarter was disastrous yeah um that was the big concern going into this game i talked about this a little bit uh, i believe it was over on x that the lakers offensively whenever lebron is out the offense falls apart it's what we've seen happen. And so what happens if LeBron's out for an entire game? At one point, we were thinking it may be no LeBron and no Anthony Davis for this one. If you're missing both of them, then what happens on the offensive end? Yikes. Um, yeah, look, their offense has got to get better. Their offense has to get better with LeBron. And it has gotten a little bit better. Their offensive rating has gone up in the last few weeks. It is improving, but we still see that effect where LeBron goes out and suddenly guys get nervous. Suddenly guys can't figure out exactly what they should do on the offensive end. They looked a, a bit lost, and we saw that through stretches in this game where the offense just couldn't quite get it done without um, without AD on the floor and without, certainly, LeBron James. Whenever AD was out, things really ground to a, to a halt. But AD was hitting some jumpers in this one, got things going. But yeah, the fourth quarter, and I've got some reasons why the fourth quarter was so bad, and this is one that I put squarely on Darvin Ham. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. B0. Uh, B0, been a member for two months. Thanks, B0. So, I, By the way, if you haven't checked out the Lakers Nation YouTube channel membership program, you can click the, the link down below, the join button. You can see the perks that we have to offer. I'm going to be doing a live show tomorrow night, a members-only live show where members are going to be able to jump on stage and, and all of that. We're going to do that. at uh, We'll do that at 8.30 Pacific time. We'll do our members-only live show. So if you guys want to get in on that, just join up. Either a starter or an all-star tier, join up. You can come in, chat with us on stage. Again, that's going to be 8.30 Pacific time tomorrow night. B0, almost had a heart attack at the end. Glad we won, though. Oh, me too. That was that was stressful. There were moments there where I thought, oh, my gosh, they are really going to do this. They are really going to give away this game and let the Spurs snap their streak. You hear me talk about it all the time. You hear me talk about it. The worst thing you can do against a bad team is give them hope because then what's going to happen is in that bad team's head, they're going to start going, oh, this is our chance. We've lost 17 in a row. This is our opportunity. Who knows when we're going to get this opportunity again? So they start going 100 miles an hour. They throw everything 
into that game with desperation. And that's what the Lakers were dealing with in this fourth quarter against the Spurs. They gave them hope. Face reality. Delo's careless turnovers through the game. OMG. Threes are dead. Yeah, D'Angelo, look, he's not been hitting the three the last few games. 0 for 4 in this one. It just has not been falling. There was a point where he even missed like a little three-foot shot at the rim. But uh, let's see, last three games, he is 1 for 11 from three in his last three games. Now, he was 2 for 5 the game before that. If I go back four games, 2 for 6, then 1 for 5. So far, the month of December, he's shooting 30% from three. So it's been a bit of a grinchy month for D'Angelo Russell so far shooting the basketball. And those turnovers were uncharacteristic turnovers for D'Lo, who's been better in terms of taking care of the basketball this season. He's having his, his lowest turnover season of his career. And uh, this game, there were some nervous moments where I thought, oh man, what is D'Lo doing out there? The near the near turnover to Malachi Branham there at the end. Uh, he had two bad turnovers in a row in the first half that were just, just sloppy and ugly. Not, not a great game from, from D'Lo in this one. Mamba mentality. Next game, we step on their necks until the last minute. Spurs do this. They did this twice on the Suns and beat them. AD saved our butts. AD superstar of the night. Well, yes, no question. AD is getting superstar of the night for sure. Uh, the Lakers do play the Spurs again. In fact, they play them on Friday in San Antonio again. So kind of nice scheduling-wise that you don't have to make another trip out to San Antonio this year. Takes cuts down on travel. The Lakers get a day off tomorrow and then play them on Friday. I kind of wonder, do the is the Lakers plan to sort of tag team LeBron and AD? Like, does Anthony Davis sit out on Friday and then LeBron plays since LeBron sat out this one? I wonder if that's what we're going to see happen for Friday's game because um, the Lakers, between now and next week, they don't play again until Monday. So if AD say were to sit out Friday's game, he would get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, four days in a row off, which may be just what the doctor ordered for the, the groin issue that's that's obviously lingering. And now he's got the ankle. Tyler, absolutely inexcusable and pathetic to almost blow a 20-point fourth quarter lead to the Spurs. Yeah, and you got to say it with a little extra venom. The Spurs, like a, a team that is bad at basketball, you almost blow the lead to that. It's not like you're playing up against like the Kings, this offensive firepower team that can just go berserk in a moment. No, it's it's the Spurs. They're terrible. Glad we won, though. AD's phenomenal. Braun needs to play Friday. Yeah. Um, it was frustrating. It was a frustrating watch for Lakers fans. It doesn't... Look, it's a win. It's going to go into the record book as a win. And so in that sense, you'll take it. But wow, you really don't, you don't feel like that was a win coming out of that game. It doesn't feel good because you came so close to giving it away. So close to giving it away. Uh, dumb Darvin almost allowed the Spurs to beat us because he didn't call timeouts when needed and didn't put in defensive players. I hate him. So, like I say, I hate Darvin Ham, but let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, didn't call timeouts when needed. Well, he was short on timeouts. Like they got into a weird spot where Austin had to call a timeout early in the in the fourth, um, where he couldn't inbound the ball because nobody moved. And so they found themselves strangely. Normally, Darvin has like extra timeouts to burn, didn't have them 
in, in this game. And the defensive thing was bizarre, though. It was weird, and this is why I put this on Darvin. If you were watching the game and you know what was happening, the Lakers just, they carved a path for the Spurs to go on a big run. If you look at the unit they had on the floor, if you go back and watch this game, what did the Spurs do in the second half? What was the adjustment that they made? It was to drive the ball to the basket more. They recognized Anthony Davis, ankles bugging him, doesn't have any lift. Doesn't have any lift. Let's attack the basket. And so they did. Keldon Johnson was doing a great job getting to the rim, but you saw player after player after player putting their head down, getting into the paint, and then finishing. AD would come over and try to contest, but he didn't have the same spring in his step that he normally does. Again, he's injured. It's understandable, but the Spurs recognize that. And so they went into attack mode. And so that's where it's especially damaging if Anthony Davis doesn't have lift to have perimeter defenders in who can't contain their man. And in the fourth quarter, the lineup was Christian Wood, Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, along with AD. I mean, that, that's a clear path to the basket. You put four of your worst perimeter defenders in terms of keeping their man in front of them in the game. That is an offense. That's a group that you put on the floor if you're down 10 with, say, four minutes to play. You could put, I could see with no LeBron, you could argue that maybe Christian Wood's on a heater or something, but that's a group you put in when you're down because they're going to come in, they're going to give you offensive punch, they're not going to get stops, but to hell with stops. You're down 10 anyway, right? Like, that's the kind of unit you go with. Darvin went with that when the way to close out that game was by getting stops, right? You close that game out with defense. And instead, Darvin Ham puts in this all-offensive unit that plays right into the Spurs' strategy of we're going to drive everything. We're going to drive everything to the basket. Darvin said, here, go ahead. Here's, here's my guys that can't contain you. Maddening stuff. Cam Reddish is sitting there. Jared Vanderbilt is sitting there. You've got guys you can turn to that have a decent shot at containing on the perimeter. Are they good on offense? No, but it doesn't matter because you're up. You need stops. You get stops, you win the game, period. Darvin put in an offensive group that went cold, couldn't get buckets, and they were getting scored on every single time down. Every possession. They're either Spurs are either getting free throws, they're getting to the rim, getting layups. Occasionally they hit a few threes here and there. But Darvinham played right into the strategy the Spurs were throwing at him. It was unbelievable. It was, it was like there's a fire and he's got a bucket full of water right next to him. And instead, he grabs the lighter fluid and starts spraying that at the fire. I couldn't believe that was the unit he went with to close it out, specifically given the strategy the Spurs were throwing at them. It was unbelievable. And and just not subbing them out. At one point, it looked like he was going to sub Vanderbilt in for Christian Wood, then didn't do it. So I put this on. Look, and I, I've been... I've been defending Darwin against a lot of people who I feel like overreact game by game. But I thought a lot of the reason why the Lakers struggled in the fourth is because of the lineup choice that Darvin Ham made. And then he refused to go away from it and go to what I felt like was right there in front of him. The solution was they needed to get stops and they went to a unit that simply wasn't going to get stops. They went into an all offensive unit. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, it would be like if a, if a, NFL team 
was up two scores with seven minutes to play and they went into a two-minute drill, like a hurry-up offense. Made no sense. Made no sense what the Lakers were doing out there and uh, almost cost them. Almost cost them the game. All right. Let's get into this. Mission 86 said that was entirely too close. Hopefully better on Friday. We're fundamentally better than San Antonio. Put them down early. Master lock, full court heaves. Man, Austin, that full court shot, it was like three quarters court. He hits it, just released it after the little red light came on. Incredible shot, but unfortunately it was just after the buzzer. But yeah, definitely entirely too close. And are the Lakers fundamentally better than San Antonio? 100%. Again, San Antonio is not a good team. Yes, the Lakers are better. There's no question. But you gave a bad team hope. And that's when you suddenly have a fight on your hands. It's exactly what the Lakers did. Uh, PSI said this one's on him 100%. 100%. No, no, I will not argue with anybody who's saying that tonight. That's for sure. 100%. That's on him. But let's go to this. Let's get to a positive here. Um, let's get into the star in your role. So who do you think filled their role the best tonight? Chat, let me know. Give me your thoughts. Who do you think was the best at doing what the Lakers needed them to do? Let's go. Star in your role. The star in your role award. By the way, guys, before I forget, um, Sean Davis is back. Sean was out last night on the the post-post game show. He is back for tonight. So he will be on after this show uh, for tonight. I'm seeing a lot of comments here. Some people saying Torian Prince. Some people saying Cam Reddish. AD, AD gets both awards. Austin Reeves, Prince, Prince, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, AD. There's a number of guys to choose from here that I thought had pretty good, pretty solid games anyway. I thought Austin stepping up was big with uh, with D'Lo not shooting the ball well. Austin, six for 10, three of six from three, eight assists, one steal, 15 points. Uh, Torian Prince shooting the ball. That was fantastic to see. Love the way he shot the ball in this one. Again, four for 10 from deep, played 32 minutes uh, tonight. And then Cam Reddish, I thought Cam was playing well. I thought he should have got more minutes. Um, two for three from three, three assists, three steals, 10 points. I thought, again, like last night, we were asking what should have gone to Cam to try to deal with Luca down the stretch. Uh, and again, in this one, Cam probably could have been used down the stretch and, and instead was not in there, but three steals for Cam Reddish on this one. And it felt like he was jumping passing lanes left and right. Ultimately, there's a few guys. If you wanted to tell me it's Cam, if you wanted to tell me it's Torian, I, I think you could just flip a coin between them all um, if you want to. But uh, you want to tell me it's Reeves. Again, you could flip a coin between any of them. But I'm going to go... I'm going to go Torian Prince with this one just because of his his three-point shooting. And, and, it's, and he was so... There were so many people who wanted to just jettison him from the team. And again, you can make an argument for Austin. You can make an argument for Cam. No question. If you said that's my pick, I would not argue with you at all. I think that I think those are perfectly reasonable picks. But Torian, for so long, just couldn't get shots to drop. And now he, he finally did. And so Torian, again, five boards, five assists, two steals, one block, 17 points, four of 10 from three, stopped the stat sheet. Nice performance from him. He was part of the, the unit that, couldn't play defense down the stretch though. So that's where 
you know, I probably knock him down a few points there for that, but I'll still go Torian, particularly with the three point resurgence that we're seeing from him. I was saying for a while when he didn't seem like he can get anything to go, that he's had a long career of being a better three point shooter than what we've seen so far. Confident that he will get back on track. Now we're here again, 40% from three tonight. So you'll take it. You'll take it. And some of those came in big moments too. So Torian gets my uh, star in your role for this one. All right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If we want to win a chip, Ham has to improve in situational coaching. He needs to pay attention to the game. Why do you have all of our worst defenders in a game where stops is what we need? Rui's becoming a trade chip game. Well, I thought Rui needed actually more minutes in this one. Rui was a guy who the Lakers needed to step up with LeBron out. Uh, and he only got 24 minutes to, to do that. So and I thought Rui made some decent plays, had a nice block in this one, was getting some rebounds early on. I said, okay, here we go. This is this is what you need to see out of Rui. And then the minutes just weren't quite there for him um, in this one. Christian Wood wound up getting kind of the minutes that I thought would go to Rui. Some of those minutes wound up going to Wood, who played, I mean, hasn't played in a few games. And then Christian Wood, out of nowhere, gets 21 minutes and was closing down the stretch for the Lakers, which was uh, which was a surprise. But but I agree with everything else you said. I mean, situational coaching, understanding what it is that that the other team's throwing at you and and countering that appropriately. I, do, I think the Lakers did the opposite of that in this one. Uh, Hamza said, no Cam or Rui extended wood minutes, D'Lo and Darvin. Yeah, I mean, look, I I thought that the you want to give Christian Wood minutes, even if he's not going to be a full-time part of the rotation moving forward. You want to give him minutes to keep him kind of in the loop, in the rhythm, and all of that sort of stuff. But I was surprised by how many minutes he got in the second half, particularly when things started to get close. So... Now, if AD does sit out Friday's game, and I don't know if he will, but if he does, getting Christian Wood into a rhythm in this game becomes all the more important for that next game because he's going to have to play some big minutes if that's the case. Uh, Bold Sports said, I hope now they take the Spurs seriously on Friday. Yeah, they absolutely need to because we've seen what happens if they don't. Suddenly the game gets really close, uncomfortably close, and next thing you know, You've got uh, you've got the Lakers 
reeling and the Spurs thinking they're snapping their streak. Almost happened. Almost happened. Superdope Hip Hop said, keep resting Braun against the Spurs, Blazers, Pistons, Wizards. I mean, those are, the, those are your opportunities, right? The worst teams in the NBA, rest them against those teams. Yeah, I mean, not, not a bad idea if you can get away with it. The question is, do you also need to rest AD? I don't think they can do both of them. Like, I don't think you can rest both LeBron and AD on Friday. So if AD gets the rest, then LeBron needs to play on Friday or vice versa. It'll be interesting to see how they how this all plays out. But I think that um, you're not wrong because now that we're past the tournament and LeBron's already turned it up and everything, and we've seen him play at an extremely high level, now he needs to take his foot off the gas a little bit. Now he needs to focus in on health. Now he's got to focus on the playoffs, on being 100% for the playoffs. Yes, there's going to be a few key games where he probably ramps it back up. Christmas Day against the Celtics. He'll probably ramp it back up there. If the Lakers get into a point late in the season where they have to get a win for certain playoff positioning, he'll ramp it up there. But otherwise, you save it now for the postseason. That means LeBron taking a little bit of a step back, just a little bit, and saving some. Saving some gas in the tank for the postseason. And if you can find a way to rest him against some of these bad teams, well, great. That will help your cause. Don Exotic. So this channel kicks ass. I agree. But thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm a little biased. But but thank you. Appreciate that. J. Joe said, hey, watching from Disneyland slash California Adventure right now uh, while in uh, a hour-long Guardians of the Galaxy line. Love the show. Well, thank you. Checking in from the happiest place on Earth. Welcome in. And fantastic Bernie's Mountain Dog that you've got there. That's the same as my dogs. But um Fantastic that, that you're coming in from, from that ride. I can't. I'm taking my daughter there in February. I can't wait during the All-Star break. I'm going to take her to Disneyland. Guardians of the Galaxy ride we'll do over at California Adventure. Can't wait to do that. Thank you for checking in, spending some time while you're waiting in line, um, hanging out with us, talking a little Lakers basketball. Ace of Hearts said a bad loss yesterday. Bad win today, but a win nonetheless. Hey, I will take a bad win over a bad loss any day. That's for sure. Three-point shot AD. Yeah, where'd that come from? He knocked in a couple of threes. We'll take it. Let's hope we can get 30 to 33% out of him. How'd the heave three from Austin Reeves not count? So over on playback, where I was doing the play-by-play for the game with Sean Davis, unfortunately, we had the Spurs feed of the game. And so what that meant was they didn't really, and I don't know if the Spectrum feed was better or not, but we didn't really get a... um, uh, we didn't really get like a, a good look at exactly where the ball was in his hands or not when the buzzer went off, but it was just mentioned on the on the broadcast that it shouldn't have counted. I would need to go back and see it. I'm seeing some people in the chat saying it should have counted, so need to see that. But uh, but apparently, you know, maybe they were wrong. I don't know. But from what I saw, but again, I saw the Spurs feed. The Spurs feed, it didn't look like it should count. Maybe there was something on the, the Spectrum feed that showed differently. Giovanni said, Wemby almost pulled a fast one. Man, Wemby was good. He was real good. Now, there were moments where you could still tell he was a rookie. But four for five from three, 13 rebounds, six blocks, two steals, 30 points for Wemby. And a lot of it felt effortless. Man is good. He's very good. Kelton Johnson, 10 for 14 and 404 from three. Wemby... 11 for 21 and four for five from three. 
I think you probably just got the Spurs' best punch. Like, how likely is it that those two guys shoot eight for nine from three next game? Now, Devin Vassell is not a one for seven three-point shooter. Five for 15, he's better than that. So that may change. But still, hmm, interesting. Okay, so I missed the whole game, came home, turned on the fourth. We started losing, so I turned it back off. What a close game. What happened? We shot decent. So if you watched the whole game, you may have turned the game off anyway and thought, oh, the Lakers have this. And then the Spurs just kept hanging around. They kept scoring in the fourth, kept scoring. There were moments where the Lakers scored, and so you went, okay, they're they're keeping them at arm's length. Spurs kept scoring, kept scoring, kept scoring. Lakers went through a drought. Next thing you know, it was a two-point game at one point. Two-point game. It looked like the Lakers may actually lose to the Spurs after being up that much. They give up 45 points in the fourth quarter. It was a frustrating watch. Again, not a feel-good win. Not a win you walk away saying, yes, we did it. This team's so good. No. You walk away saying, well, it wasn't a loss, but man, did they make a mess of that. And they really did. They really did. That's game. Said no LeBron and we won. Let's get ready for next game. I mean, it's true. They won without LeBron. But again, if you watch this game, you felt pretty good going into the fourth that the Lakers should have a win in, in the bag. It was, you know, chalk it up. You should have a win there. And uh, they did a lot to self to self-destruct in the fourth and almost gave it away. Almost. Nothing against D'Lo. But he's not as good as Austin Reeves. Austin should be getting 30 to 35 minutes. Don't play them together. Especially if you need a stop, don't play them together. Should be Austin Reeves, Cam, Vando, Torian Prince, Braun, AD, Rui, six man. You know, Austin has been better over the last five or six games than D'Lo. But there have also been games where D'Lo has been really good. And Austin's had an off night. And so I think the key is that one of them needs to have it going at least on any given night. If they both have it going, great. But you need at least one of them to have it going on any night so that you've got that stellar guard play to turn to down the stretch. Now, I thought Austin was certainly more effective than D'Lo was in this game, but I was disappointed to see that they went to Austin and D'Lo together. You know that's not going to be a good defensive backcourt, They and you've got all the wings to turn to. Why not use them? Face reality, D'Lo equals downright lazy offense. That's what DLO stands for, he says. Ship him FedEx. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, we are right now uh, less than 48 hours away from D'Angelo Russell being trade eligible, which happens on December 15th. He will be trade eligible at that point. Uh, That doesn't mean a trade's going to happen. In fact, it very rarely does. I know we talk a lot about December 15th. Is that being an important day on the NBA calendar? And it is. It's when most of the guys who sign contracts over the summer become trade eligible. But... It's rare that a trade actually goes down in December. Typically, what happens is trade talks pick up a little bit, but this time of year, teams are asking for everything. They want they are crazy with their asking prices, and teams' offers are crazy too. They're in, in, crazy low. You get a little closer to that February trade deadline, both sides start to get a little more serious. So that's why you typically see deals, they take place, execs go away for, for Christmas and, and everything. They go away for the holiday season, and then you come back, January, you settle down, you start to really look, what does this team need? What do they not need? That sort of stuff. What opportunities are out there? And then things get more serious right around mid-January is when trade season really picks up and then runs all the way through that trade deadline. 
which is again February 8th. So yes, D'Lo is trade eligible as well as a number of other guys in a couple of days here, um, a day for podcast listeners. But that doesn't mean that suddenly a trade is going to happen on Friday. That's very, very rare. In fact, I can't think of any times that it did off the top of my head. <laughs> SMK, uh, or Suits said FMK. <laughs> Rui, D'Lo, Austin Reeves. I'll let you guys play that game. I'll let you guys play that game in the chat. Davis said officially out on ham. Awful fourth quarter decisions. Davis, I, I, I'm with you guys on this one. I thought that, um, yeah, I, I thought that this was, this was just a, this was a bad, you know, we talk about a bad D'Lo game or a bad whoever game. It's a bad Darvin Ham game. Um, poor decisions in the fourth quarter with the, with his lineup. King Reef has said, feels like Christian Wood just jacks up shots. No rhythm. Yeah, I mean, can you really expect him to be in rhythm, though? He hadn't played in a few games, and he gets just kind of thrown into the fire here in this one. But, yeah, nothing was really in rhythm for Christian Wood. Uh, he shot four for seven, which you'll take that. One for seven from three. Oh, of two at the free throw line, though. Six boards, one assist. You know, uh, when he came on, what he's a, what, 37% three-point shooter last year? He's shooting like 28% for the Lakers this season. They need him to get on track with that three-point shot. And again, one for three in this one, I guess, isn't terrible, but they need him to get going with that. For whatever reason, his shooting touch, you want to call it a Lakers tax, a Lakers curse, whatever it is, his shooting touch has disappeared. And uh, they need him to find that. They need him to find that. I think at some point there's going to be a game, maybe it's Friday, where Anthony Davis sits, and then he's going to get a big opportunity to prove himself. But he's got to take advantage of all of these minutes. All right. K. Will said, can we keep Cam? It's a good question. And I mean, the, the kind of cheating answer is it depends on what kind of an offer is out there for him. So most likely, most likely, the Lakers, depending on what D'Angelo Russell does, he'll have a player option. The Lakers probably aren't going to have access to a full mid-level exception, which is going to be right around 12-ish million. So we're right around there. Um, they, mo they most likely won't have that. Depending on how close they are to that second tier max, if, you know, Anthony Davis's extension kicks in, LeBron, what does he do with his player option, of course? But assuming everybody stays, not only would they not have a full mid-level, they may not have the taxpayer to use, depending on how close they are to that second tier apron. So if that's the case, you're talking about a non-bird deal that just gives you a little bit more than the mid-level. So maybe you can get them like three and a half million or something. That I'm just throwing out a number that would be kind of close. That's probably not enough to keep him. If, if he keeps playing defense like this, probably not enough. What you probably need is at least the taxpayer mid-level. Um, or I'm sorry, the, the non-taxpayer mid-level you, you probably need in order to in order to Give him what you what he wants. Otherwise, I mean, maybe you're looking at five million with the taxpayer. Is that enough? Again, depends on what other suitors are out there. The Lakers gave him a shot. The Lakers believed in him, have given him minutes, have given him the role that he needed in order to thrive. But if a bigger offer is out there, it's going to be just like Malik Monk, where he's going to walk for that that bigger offer. I mean, just like Dennis Schroeder, if that offer is out there and the Lakers just simply can't give it to him. So it's something to keep an eye on. 
And again, none of this is set in stone because both LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell have player options, and we don't know what's going to happen with those. And we don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Do the Lakers make moves that free up some salary? Um, I don't know. So that's something that we need to keep an eye on here. At once the once we get through the trade deadline, and then when we get into the summer, we'll get a, a better sense of what D'Lo is going to do and what LeBron's going to do. That's all going to determine what kind of spending power they've got. But keeping Cam Reddish could be tricky, especially if a team comes with like a full mid-level offer for him. That would be really difficult for the Lakers to get to. So we'll see. Mamba mentality. Delo's nonchalant. Too cool carelessness. Needs to stop. He needs to play the game with a more serious attitude. Too many turnovers. Starting to piss me off. I, I think he's at a rough stretch. Did a rough stretch of four or five games. He was really good right before that, though. But yes, what have you done for me lately? He struggled a bit. That's for sure. I was really hoping tonight was going to be a bounce back for him. With no LeBron, I felt like the Lakers really needed him to step up and have a good offensive performance. And he just hasn't. Um, he's shooting 30% from three in the month of December, which he's a 40% three-point shooter for the Lakers so far this season. So that's obviously a, a big drop down for him. But I hope that he does get into a rhythm soon because he's had a very low turnover season, a, a strong shooting season, and he's in a rough stretch here. So hopefully he will bounce back and come out of it sooner rather than later. Hopefully Friday he comes out of it and drops like 25 points or something. But he does need to get it going sooner rather than later because I can see, I can feel it from the fan base. The tension is mounting. People are getting more and more frustrated with him again. All right. Let's get into, before we get too deep in the show here, let's get into the master lock of the night. So the master lock of the night, for anybody who's new, the way this works, we take whatever was the most annoying thing from this game, and we put it in our buddy Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, finishing hold, the master lock. Here we go. Let's do it. Fire it off. Give me your master lock in the chat. Let's do this. Master lock of the night. Master lock of the night, chat. What are you master locking? I'm seeing D'Lo. Up oh, there it is. Our obligatory Dylan Brooks, who gets master locked every single game, regardless of who the Lakers are playing. Dylan Brooks makes his appearance in our chat. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of Darvin Ham. Oh, Draymond comes up. Well, I think the NBA master locked Draymond Green with an indefinite suspension. When will we see Draymond back on the court? Yikes. Maybe don't do Draymond things. And Masterlock Wembenyama for being too tall. I see that. Peter says that one. Masterlock Wembenyama for being too tall. Don says Masterlock Frank Vogel. What did Frank Vogel do? Uh, Masterlock D'Lo. Masterlock Ham. Oh, this one combined them. Masterlock Hamlo. D'Lo and Darvin Ham. Master locking both of them. Master locking, master lock the Houston Astros. I'm assuming you're a Dodgers fan. Congrats on, on uh, getting Otani, first and foremost. Go check out our sister site, Dodger Blue, the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dodger Blue. They, uh, they do a tremendous job there. Master lock defensive adjustments. Master lock Austin Reeves, full court shot, not counting. More Hamlow. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to master lock. And you guys should know, because I already ranted about this earlier in the day, earlier in the day, but 
in the show. My master lock, it goes to Hamnesia. Yep. I talked about it at the beginning of the season. It's an unfortunate condition that pops in at inopportune moments. Hamnesia is when Darvin Ham seems to forget what skill sets he's got sitting on his bench in a game that is screaming for a top, for a stop. Darvin Ham suffered for, from a bit of hamnesia and forgot that he had Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish, other defensive players he could turn to sitting right there on his bench instead left a turnstile defense out there on the perimeter that the Spurs were blowing by and almost blew the game because of it. Darvin Ham and his hamnesia gets my master lock from this one. No question for me. That was the easy one. That was an easy one tonight for me. I'm still seeing some pretty funny responses here. Master Lock, Reeves, D'Lo, Prince lineups. Yeah, you just can't do that. You you essentially, you have to outscore teams if you're going to do that. You have to outscore teams. You need those guys to get hot from three. And it may work at times. Those three guys, Christian Wood, you may go on a nice, nice stretch scoring the ball. Maybe it works that way. But when you're up, you want to get stopped. Kill the game getting stops. And the Lakers didn't do that. Lakers didn't do that. All right. Master lock the whole last three minutes. Really think when LeBron is out, Austin should get to facilitate more. Great AD game. Go Lake Show. Yeah, I mean, look, if AD wasn't great in this game, yikes. The Lakers are snapping the Spurs losing streak, right? Um, but the whole last three minutes, yeah, it was it's not pretty. It's not fun. Nerve-wracking to watch the end of this game. Because the whole time, it's not even like celebratory win. It's just relief to win. That thank goodness they didn't blow it. Right? Like that's, and that's even going into the game against the Spurs. You're not even thinking like, oh, we can go out there and just, just pummel this team. No, your your main goal is just just don't be the just don't be the team. Don't be the team that snaps the streak. They will win a game at some point, but you do not want to be that team. Don't be that team. And so it's a different mindset, right? It's a don't lose mindset rather than go win the game mindset. But it's the way you're going to look at a game like this. And again, for most of the game, the Lakers were just fine. They kept the Spurs at arm's length. They would go on little runs every now and then. They'd push the lead to 19 to 20, something like that. Spurs would knock it back down to 13. And then it kind of sit in that range, right? Which that, that's okay. It's not ideal. You'd like to just go, go up by 25, 30, going into the fourth and AD gets to rest and you don't have to worry and you get a stress-free win. That would be ideal. But it's not like the Lakers were playing terribly through three quarters. You'll take it. And then things fall apart in the fourth. Um, not, not fun. Not an enjoyable watch. But again, I will take a bad win over a bad loss any day. It would be very different than if they had found a way to lose this game. No Vando and Reddish in the fourth. Ham is the real alien. I, yeah, I was... Didn't make sense. Like, I'm expecting to see, like, Cam Reddish, his entire body cramped or something like that, and he couldn't walk onto the floor. Something. I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, 
Didn't make sense. Chef Lev, does Ham know that he can sub players in and out? I believe he does. I believe he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Daryl said it was the fourth quarter defense. Good defense can help cover for bad offensive stretches. No excuses. Oh, 100%, Daryl. 100%. And it was the defensive personnel that were out there, especially given specifically. Now, if, if the Spurs were jacking a ton of threes, right? If that, if that was their goal to come back into the game, was just fire away from deep. Dallas Maverick style. Just let it rain. Okay, like this still wouldn't be the best defensive unit, but it makes a little more sense, right? To have a couple of quicker guards out there can at least put a hand up and contest. Whereas if it's you know bigger lineup, maybe they struggle a little bit more. I, I like I don't think I can even make a strong enough argument where that would really be the case, but at least it would be a little more defensible. But when the Spurs game plan clearly is put your head down and drive to the basket because AD has no lift. You don't want guys on the perimeter that get burned a lot. You want to put your good perimeter defenders in there. And they didn't do that. Didn't do that. So yes, good defense can cover for, for bad offense. Now, again, had D'Lo and Austin gone berserk from three or something like that down the stretch, obviously that would change how we feel about this. But that didn't really happen. The Spurs just kept coming because the Lakers couldn't get a stop. They just kept scoring, kept scoring, kept scoring. Oh, boy. Maddie James. Lakers should try to get Jaime Hawkes. They could have just drafted him at 17. Love his overall game, and he plays with hustle and heart, especially on defense. Yeah, I love his overall game, too. Uh, the Lakers drafted Jalen hood Shafino and... I'm not on the side of, oh, this was the wrong pick. The Lakers blew it. He's a bust, all that kind of stuff. It's it's just, it's too early for that. I want to see what he can develop into. I, I just think it's dangerous being all out on a on a rookie at this point. But yeah, he'd, he'd help. Jaime Hawkes is, is contributing for the Miami Heat, and I think he'd be a good player on this Lakers team. Lakers didn't take him though, 17. But you know what was funny was going into the season, it was all, oh, they should have taken Cam Whitmore. You don't hear that anymore. Now it's, well, wait, they should have taken Jaime Hawkins. So all the criticism for taking the wrong guy and not drafting Cam Whitmore became criticism for not drafting Jaime Hawkins. And we don't hear much about Cam Whitmore anymore. Um, we're just kind of moving things, right? Basically, if anybody that gets drafted after JHS winds up being better than JHS, we're going to say, well, the Lakers should have drafted that guy. Hindsight's 2020, though, in the draft. Matty James, I still don't get the hype on Wood. I don't think he's a good fit and is pretty much unplayable, especially on defense. Rather would have had Bismack. So that wasn't an option, though, Bismack or, or Christian Wood. I, I think that if you were to tell me right now you could have either player, yeah, I would probably go Bismack Biombo. And during the summer, I leaned Christian Wood. But we also thought in Christian Wood, you're getting a 37% three-point shooter. You're getting probably one of the better three-point shooters on the team this season. And that's not what he's been. He hasn't been what we expected him to be in terms of his shooting. I think his offensive game has kind of disappeared here with the Lakers, which has been the surprise because that's been his bread and butter. That's where he's really what he's really known for. The big question with him was not could he score the basketball. The big question was could he rebound, could he defend. So far, his rebounding has probably been the best thing that he's given the Lakers because the scoring efficiency has not been there. And so that's been a big surprise. But Bismack Biombo wanted a very significant role. And Memphis, who he waited till the middle of the, to 
part of the way into the season to accept this offer from Memphis. But Memphis offered him $5 million because they had that to spend. The Lakers couldn't do that. Lakers could just give him the minimum. So I don't necessarily know. No, it's possible that if the Lakers had offered Christian Woods role to Bismack, maybe he would have taken that. I don't know. But given what he got from Memphis in terms of both role and money, it seems like he wound up getting what he wanted versus what the Lakers would have been able to give him, which he actually got a starting spot in Memphis. So, yeah. Silver lining, we won the non-LeBron minutes. That's true. <laughs> you had to because the whole game was non-LeBron minutes. The Lakers hadn't won um, non-LeBron minutes in a while. It, maybe you could say, well, it took playing against um, it took playing against a team like San Antonio in order to do it, but at least they did it. At least they got the win. Kronos, uh, oh, looks like he's throwing out a trade here. Said Gabe Vincent a swap two to four seconds for Suggs and Betad's day. Um, Orlando's not making that deal. Orlando likes what they've got in Suggs. He's been good for them. He's been really good defensively. They're winning games. I don't see Orlando doing that. If I was the Lakers and I could do it, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do that. But because Suggs has been great, but uh, yeah, I don't think Orlando's making that move. All right, everybody. Um, oh, welcome in. Daryl Watts, a YouTube channel member. Welcome in. Appreciate you signing up and joining our channel. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for me. But remember, Sean Davis is coming up right now with the post-post game show for Lakers Nation. He's going to break down exactly what happened, the X's and O's of it all. We'll see if he agrees with me that Darvin Ham should not have gone with that all-offensive unit to close out the game in the fourth quarter. Instead, needed to put some defensive players in. Darvin Ham getting our master lock tonight for that one. But Lakers Nation, again, stick around for Sean Davis. Thank you guys for joining me. Make sure you do hit that like button. Get this video out to as many people, people as possible. And if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel podcast listeners. If you give us that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd certainly appreciate that as well. Till next time, everybody. Sean Davis coming up here. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.